Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more exhausted than Albert Pujols scoring from first base. My name is Nate Heininger, <laughs> and you know, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, folks. And this week, we're talking about the old guys on the team. We're talking about the young guys on the team. We're talking about maybe some pitching bounce back, a little bit of offense, and some news and notes from around the league. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at TalkAboutBirds. Well, Ben, I know we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we've got a, a full week of games. We've got minor leagues. We've got uh, you know, adventure all across the league. But before we get to that, something magical happened, as I understand it. Yes. Uh, something every little boy and every little girl <laughs> dream, dreams about. Yeah, um, even even thirty three year old chunky boys. <laughs> ben, why don't you um, why don't you break down for us? I want I want everything. I want to yeah. know everything. What do you have for lunch that day? Um, oh, what, what, what happened? What happened, Ben? I don't remember what I had for lunch that day, but I can tell you that I went to Biker Gyms and I got one of their famous Louisiana Red Hot Dogs. Uh, okay. With a famous topping on it that is cream cheese and caramelized onions, which is, oh. for my money, like some of the best ballpark food you can possibly get. Um, but and this I, is I, in the th- this is in the stadium, right? In the stadium, and they actually have two stands now. Uh, there's one on the lower level and one on the upper Franchise. level. So, I, yes. It, so very happy about that. So I was uh, I was well fueled. Um, I was properly lubricated with uh, meat fat and, uh, cream cheese fat and, uh, caramelized onions and bread. Now this, of course. That's your general state of being though. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. In the ballpark <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. I can't argue that. Yeah. But a, a, I guess I'll bury the lead for a, a second longer in, in the sense that I think I, I've tried to do this math a few times over the years and I would guesstimate that, you know, in my time, I've probably been to 200, 250 baseball games somewhere yeah. around there. You know, I go to a lot of games per year and over the years, I, I think it's somewhere around there. Anyway, well, you and I used to have the uh, if I can derail it. Um, yeah. Ben and I uh, a while ago when we were more broke, um, but also had <laughs> a lot more free time, we yeah. would get those uh, tickets, the the ticket packs are like 15 tickets. Uh, 15 games a year, but they were like nosebleed section 450 back against the like chain link fence that is at the top of the state. Literally. Yeah. Our backs against uh, the wall. Yeah. And um, we would go to those games and get the uh, what? what's the um, the the organization that's trying to prevent drunk driving. Great cause. Um, they oh, had a glad uh, or sad or mad or something. Yeah, like they that. had a uh, I don't know if they still do it. Um, but basically you could go and like sign up a sign a thing that says like, I'm not drinking today. And they yeah. give you a <laughs> free coupon for a, like a soda at the ballpark. Yes. Uh, and because of the way these ticket packs worked, um, you know, you were, you were spending like $10 for the ticket and we'd go and get the free soda and we'd park like 
a half a mile away <laughs> from the stadium yep. uh, and go to, you know, between this and just going to other games, we go to like 20 games a year yep. and spend like $15 between the ticket, the free soda and the parking. And it was uh, great. But um, I don't know if you add, it definitely would not increase your odds for what we're about to talk about here uh, with those seats. But, um, you know, just something I think about when racking up the amount of games that, you know, you've been to more than me, but those yeah. those few those years that we did that, like, really racked up the game count. Right. Uh. So yeah, I think like two fifty. I think two two fifty in there. You know, maybe someday I'll sit down and actually do the math and figure it out. I don't know. My memory's not that good. Anyways, I finally caught my first foul ball of my entire life. It Hell was yeah. Yes, I was. I, I I mean, I was unbelievably excited. And the craziest thing, it was the last batter of the game. Brendan Rogers was up. Uh, I was sitting so, sort of behind home plate. I think I was section 126, row 19. Um, if anyone has any familiarity with Coors, that's basically behind home plate, but a little bit on the Rockies side. The ball flies back. It bounces off the facade above us off the club level. And then falls right into my hands, essentially. <laughs> um, as soon as the ball came up, you know, I was, I, I, like I said, I was well lubricated from my uh, Topo Chico's, my hard seltzers and my and my hot dogs and all that. Um, so I stood up. I was ready for it. Uh, the ball comes right back, basically lands right in my laps, kind of hits me in the chest and stomach area. And I kind of cradle it, catch it. I look around. Luckily, it's like 40 degrees and it's the ninth inning. So no children are there. So I, you know, I feel I feel steadfast and righteous in the sense that I get to keep the ball. Um, I got a standing ovation. Not a standing. No, I didn't get a standing ovation. That's too hyperbolic. I got eagle, a light an clap. eagle card and, uh, <laughs> you know, flew down, handed you five dollars. No, I got a very muted clap and some attaboys from the people that were surrounding us. Obviously, you know, the stadium staff checked in to make sure my fingers were still there. Um, but I caught that ball, Nate. I caught Hell that ball. Yeah. I shoved it in my pocket. I looked around at the glory that, you know, I, I, that had just happened to me. Um, and then, of course, a uh, we were playing the Cubs. There was Rockies Cubs. There was this obnoxious Cubs fan, uh, maybe four or five rows behind us, something like that. Guy just kind of keeps going. Can I have that ball? Can I? Hey, can what I have a, that ball? I was wearing a, a Charlie weird, Blackman. What a weird I was wearing thing a, to do. <laughs> no, I was wearing a Charlie Blackman jersey that night. So he goes, Blackman, Blackman, can I have that ball? But like not yelling at me, but just kind of saying it like that. And maybe for like five minutes. Um, And I really wanted to turn around. But what you should know, if you've been to 200 to 250 baseball games, what mm-hmm. you should know is you don't interact with a Cubs fan. Never. Right. They're Never. stupid. They're stupid <laughs> and bad. Neanderthals. You don't want to. You don't want to start a fight. It's like trying to go fight a truck. You know, like you're not going to win. You're smarter than the truck, but you don't want to yeah. fight the truck. <laughs> I think we all. This might be the most truth that's ever been stated in this podcast. Before. Yeah, this is something we can all align on. Cubs fans are like trucks. <laughs> uh, ben, do you have the ball? Can I can I see it? I have the ball, but it's upstairs right now, so oh. I, I can't I can't show it to you. Uh, oh, but geez. it has Rob Manfred's stupid signature on it, and you a good scuff mark from where I know a good scuff mark from when Brendan Rodgers hit it. Oh, and Michael Givens was the pitcher. I don't think I said okay. that. Um, so yeah, Michael Givens fastball. He was right on it. Fouled it right back yeah. oh, and geez. right into my bread basket. Um, what a weird thing to do as a fan to another fan to just like 
pester for a ball for the from the if it was like you know uh, a Cubs player hit it and that dude was like wearing that Cubs player's jersey and was like, hey, that's my favorite player. Can I have the ball? You'd still be like, fuck no, get away from me. But yeah, you know, it'd be maybe a little more understanding, uh, understandable. But like, just like lightly saying, can I have that ball? Can I have that ball? It's the type of person who would be taking that home and telling everyone that they caught that foul ball, yeah. right? Like it, that's exactly what they want to do with it. It was strange, and I also hated it. Um, and to to throw a little more shade at Cubs fans, and Cubs fans, I would actually say in Colorado, relatively well behaved. Much different than going to Wrigley when you're wearing Cardinals <laughs> gear or or in Bush Stadium, you know. But generally well behaved. But we had this other. Uh, it was this group from Chicago that was sitting right behind us, and they ended up leaving because they couldn't, you know, handle it. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy behind me is just he. We're like uh, two outs into the first inning, and this guy stands up and starts screaming about how Dave Roberts needs to come and pull the pitcher out of the game. And anyone listening knows that uh, old man David Ross is the manager of the Cubs and Buddy Black (laughs) is the manager of the Rockies. And I mean, this guy, it wasn't like a like a good, you know, heart hearty heckle. It was as if somebody was putting like hot needles to his skin. He was screaming. Um, so really what, bad showing for the Cubs fans. I don't know what the hell was going on. Was that were they riffing on the Kershaw thing? I, I they didn't connect those dots, and I wasn't <laughs> getting there from. But like I said, we were we were two outs into it. It was uh, I can't remember off the top of my head who was starting for the Cubbies. Um, or, or no, sorry, they, he was he was uh, getting on Kyle Freeland. Because um, weirdly, I've been to three. I've been to three baseball games this year, and all three have been Kyle Freeland starts. So, well, I don't know what, right, what's I hope going you're, on there. Um, you know, now that he's locked in uh, with the <laughs> or with the the Rockies, they got their man. I guess uh, you're going to see many more Kyle Freeland starts, which you know it's going well this season so far for him. So you know they got to get him before his price skyrockets. Yeah, he's Denver's own. I think you know there's <laughs> that's really why he got signed because the Rockies are that you know they're just going to go give money because he has a mountain tattoo on his arm. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. Rocky, anyways, Rocky fans and Rockies <laughs> do love mountains. Colorado um, people love mountains. I've that. talked about this before, but yeah, there, I've been to a Rockies game where they literally give a standing ovation to the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you guys carve an arch into your grass. We don't. We don't. Nobody makes fun of that. Yeah, because that's tight. Okay. And also, n- people don't stand and cheer for it. Mountains are it, tight. What are you talking about? Well. Yes, mountains are tight, but it's standing and cheering for them is funny to me. If everyone, <laughs> if if we said, uh, now let's all cheer for the St. Louis Arch and everyone stood and cheered for the St. Louis Arch, I would also <laughs> think that that's funny. <laughs> I think that's good, actually. I think that people should start doing that. That should the be Rockies, like, rather yeah. than the wave, just do an arch cheer. Yeah. How would you? So we were like. This you, is you, for the arch. Oh, yeah, you do like and a, then make like no, but you can't see me right now. But yeah, make a yeah. make a dome or like a half arch shape with your hands. So I think people of the would wave, like that. Yeah. Instead of the way we're doing like a like a YMCA, the A of YMCA, but more round rounded. Off. Yeah, yeah, an arch. You might. Yeah, say. that's. I think that's I like good. that. Yeah, I think we. I think uh, let's start this next. All right, if you're listening to the show, the next <laughs> game you go to. 
uh, start the arch wave. Now that I, I can get behind. I was going to say, I'm kind of anti-wave. I find it to be a little bit obnoxious. Um, and I really don't like when people are giving me looks or, or encouraging me to to wave with them. You can wave, but don't ask me to wave with you. If I wanted to wave, I would wave. I can see what's going on. Yeah. Um, I've gone through different phases of my um, my my feelings towards the wave. I was pretty anti-wave for a while uh, for the same reason that you were saying like it's kind of obnoxious and it can be particularly obnoxious when it's like at a critical moment in the game. Watch like, the, yeah, that's I want to watch feel. the game. I don't want to like, oh, 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 here, 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 here it comes. You know, yeah. um, now I, I've evolved a little bit more to say like, you know, whatever. Everyone's having fun. People are at games for different oh, reasons and they want to have thing. a good time. Yeah. Do your thing. Just don't look at me and be like, well, this guy's not doing the wave or get up, get up, do it. Yeah. That shit drives me insane. Yeah. The the personality type to be the one who's like, I'm going to be the guy who gets the wave going. It's some sort of yeah. weird power trip. You know, they're also the ones who are like, hey, give me that ball. <laughs> give me, give me <laughs> I think I've heard it described as main character syndrome. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's what's going on there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I am, Again, it's it's whatever. It's, your you're having a do good time. Thing. Go to go to games. Have a good time. I don't care. But I, yeah, I, I think the point is do your own thing. Uh, have fun. I, whatever. I feel like I'm coming out hating on baseball fans right now. That is not the case. Uh, mm-hmm. I just happen to run into a few obnoxious ones, and maybe I'm a little <laughs> bit spicy. No, it's okay. They're Cubs fans, Ben. You're, yes. We're in a safe space here, too. You know, uh, they're like trucks. I, I was at the Rockies game last night. It was, you know, Rockies versus Phillies, and it, it was a great game. Uh, Rockies won, and I had this row of Phillies fans sitting in front of me. They were great. There was a guy wearing a Pat Burrell shirt, and I said, wow, that's a great uh, jersey. You don't see Pat Burrell <laughs> shirts very often. And we had a great conversation. He also had a Savannah Bananas hat. He was my kind of guy. Hey, um, all right. So, yeah, I think it's it's a Cubs fan-specific thing. They're stupid. Yeah. Not that Phillies <laughs> fans are good, but better than Cubs fans, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, well, Ben, I'm I'm happy for you. Proud of you. I did it. Way to make the – you made the catch. I did it. Um, <laughs> And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, someday it's going to have to hit me in the face and someone's going to have to <laughs> give it to me. Someone's going to have to like feel bad because it hit me in the face yeah. and they're going to give it to me after the fact. That's I've resigned the fact that that's the only <laughs> way I'm getting a, a, a foul ball or a home run like that one that do you see the ball Arenado hit that hit that guy right in the face? It's yeah. like, that's me. <laughs> that is, everyone's going to be standing and be like, uh. Nate, what? break my yeah. glasses um someone it falls back into the field and you know <laughs> tyler o'neill's like hey, hey buddy oh hey there guy uh, yeah you know and he's gonna give it to me or something um for donate yeah this one's for donate uh <laughs> i think that's the only way i'm getting one or yeah. the thing where like i'm in the section where everyone is gone and the ball lands and i have like my time <laughs> yeah. you know to like find where it landed underneath slowly meander yeah yeah bring out your it'll still take me yeah it'll still take me like 10 minutes to find it but um (laughs) but you know uh we all have our different strengths and skills so uh uh, i'll get one eventually i'd I'd love to know what your strengths and skills are but we don't have time for that uh editing podcasts (laughs) not even that good at that either Uh, all right, let's move on. Yeah. Um, we have actual baseball, baseball happened. Episode. 
Yeah, some baseball happened. We are getting into this season. Yeah. We are in the depths of April. Uh, so a couple of weeks of games now. We're starting to see uh, some real storylines brewing here, Ben. And uh, I think, obviously, the first one we have to talk about is the uh, the old guys are back in town. All right? Old men are the new market inefficiency. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, it really is. Um, I think we all expected uh, Wayno to be good or to be some something like he was last year, and we're seeing exactly that. Uh, Yachty, I think we'll talk a little bit more about in a moment, but he is getting extra days, getting that yeah. time off, but has looked good at least behind the plate so far. But I think we gotta we gotta talk about Pujols, right? I mean, it's uh, it's been fun so far. I can honestly say I've never seen anything like this. And I mean, nobody really has because there isn't really another player that you could compare exactly to Pujols. Um, and in this particular situation, like I am sure that I'm blanking on this happening somewhere where a guy who is a franchise icon signs with another team, stays there for a while and then comes back on, on sort of a honeymoon contract or not a honeymoon contract. What, what would you call this? Like a, uh, like a farewell a, what's op- contract. Yeah, what's yeah. opposite of a honeymoon? Yeah, that was that was the perfectly wrong word for me to choose um but come back and then not only that but is and i know it's short where we only has uh he only has 21 plate appearances under his belt but is absolutely crushing the ball that everybody's raving about him he's running around the bases stumbling and bumbling i I, the fact that he scored from first to uh to home uh the other day like remarkable that is just completely like <laughs> truly a feat of athleticism but yeah i'm, I'm you know i'm and, and again like stack casts and everything that doesn't make up a player but it, but it's interesting to me in the early going he's got 17 events uh with stat cast and he's hitting the ball almost 95 miles per hour that's his average exit velo right now and i will say i thought we we talked about in earlier episodes i thought that there was going to be a time and a place for pools to be successful i thought ali marmal was going to be the manager or the type of manager to put him in those positions to be successful and i thought we were going to have some really good moments and pools was going to hit you know five six seven eight home runs this year and we were all going to love it and you know yeah I, I was talking about flying out to st louis for the final series and all that stuff he's crushing the ball he is hitting the ball really well he's having really solid at bats he's taking walks he's hitting the ball hard he has an expected slugging which you know these take a while to stabilize and it's still very early but his expected slug right now is 802 um and i don't think Not even bad. in the rosiest dark red cardinals colored glasses did anyone ever expect that um even even being a a a, a a thought like or yeah the pro the probability of what has happened was so low it wasn't even in our minds no i mean we were saying play him against soft tossing lefties and let let him hit eighth and let's all just smile and hug each other and remember the good old days and instead he's been uh, a key contributor to the cardinals early success this has been a really good start to the season. We're going to talk about some of the games specifically here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only thing that I think like, you know, again, we, we've said it a number of times, incredibly small sample size here. But yes. uh, if you watch his at-bats, he is, uh, I think he's adjusted his approach. We talked about that last week. He's got a whole new batting stance. He's clearly uh, willing to take the single, take the the bloop hit when it presents itself. Um, the, the amount that he's going the other way looks fantastic. His BABIP 
is high, especially for a man of his speed. So that's batting average on balls in play. It's sitting at 389 right now. So we can expect some regression there. But what to Ben's point, his expected slugging is very, very high. So in, he also could be getting, um, you know, we might see some of the uh, average or we almost certainly will see some of the batting average decline over over time as he gets more plate appearances. But uh, the hard contact is is real, at least so far. And I think we can still expect some good power from him. But he looks like a totally different player. He's having a great time. Everyone's having a great time. Do you see that the the thing the other day where he was out there? Um, he like went out instead of Yachty to warm up the pitcher. Yeah. And everyone's just like, it's fun. It's, it's exactly what you want from this. I hope the good times continue. Um, I think we have to expect some regression to some degree of with his bat. But like, that's fine. We were not expecting him to, uh, uh, you know, have an over one OPS for this whole season. So I think we'll be okay with some regression. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, there, Wayno was in the booth during the Brewers series and he was kind of talking about his ability to, you know, as an older man and older player, kind of being able to appreciate the situation, enjoy being with the boys and, and, mm-hmm. and enjoying the cities and just the experience of being a major league baseball player. And, you know, we all watched Albert for 11 years and he would have some fun, but I would not describe him as a happy go lucky or, or a silly no. uh, ball player. Like the dude was called the machine for a reason, right? Like, yeah laser focus terminator eyes um but seeing him yeah exactly what you're talking about having fun laughing joking around with yachty um i mean how infectious is that it just this yeah. season we were already pretty excited about this season f- before the pool hole signing but this has just like added a gallon of gasoline to the flames of all that and this has been yeah i mean just so if, much fun if he were to retire today uh from a uh, fan graphs war perspective this would be his best season since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just say one last time because it, it does need to be said. This is very, very tiny sample size, but uh, encouraging, you know, we, we believe, I, th- I think this podcast is pro rest, right? You know, rest your players, especially your older guys and maybe enhanced performance, you know, li- lies at the end of that. Not, not necessarily 778 slugging percentages for a 42 year old player, but um, I, I definitely think that, you know, there's, there's merit to that and Ollie seems pretty committed to it. So I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of giving more rest, uh, uh, now we know he's been, uh, dealing with some, some nagging issues, but nothing too serious, but it has resulted in Yachty having, uh, even more days off than I think we were expecting, which has allowed Andrew Kisner to really get a fair amount of starts. Uh, which has been nice to see. Ben, what is your what have your thoughts on Kisner been so far? Yeah, I think um well I think I, I, I'm happy with it. I think that he looks good behind the plate. Um I, I think that he seems to be receiving the ball better than I remember. And I do I really like I, I've been watching his postgame interviews after uh you know the Bally Sports ones after every start that he's had and he's just like so positive and happy to be there and that's that's you know speaking of infectious that's really fun to watch but i'll say something that has been fun and this is not meant to be a slight on yadi or molina at all but it is fun to have a much uh, how to say this like andrew kisner is a lot more athletic um (laughs) and and young and flexible and taut uh than yadi or molina (laughs) I chose my words carefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Very tight. You know, there is a, there is a, at, 
at, like at a toy, the, yeah. I'm driving past this. There is a <laughs> an at bat he had against the Brewers, uh, where he kind of flipped a ball over uh, to left field, or no, it was right field, and he stretched what would be a single for Yachty for sure into a double. Dove in head first, slid around the tag. You know, being yeah. able to see that kind of athleticism not only behind the plate but in the batter's box and on the bases is really fun. This is you know. I, I think we're kind of pro dual catcher. And I think this is one of those reasons. And sometimes it makes a lot of sense to have the younger guy in there. I definitely think like if I had my druthers and I was building the lineup on a daily basis, I think even when Yachty gets, gets kind of back into full playing shape or, or the, the, the soreness goes away or whatever you want to call it, I'd be starting Kisner, you know, fairly regularly. I'd definitely be starting him against high velo starters. Uh, your Noah Syndergaards of the world, your Corbin Burns's of the world, um, those type of guys, uh, just because I, I like the matchup a little bit better. Um, and at this point, there's ob- you know obviously Yachty brings the the things that are hard for any non-baseball players to fully quantify because you don't know how impactful the field generalness of Yachty is. It's I think that's right. a, almost, it's impossible for you and I or, or, or fans to really truly understand. I think his defense looks great. Like yeah. behind the plate, he looks good. I don't think it's as much of his drop off as it used to be. And I think that's, you know, Kinzer's getting better and, and, and Yachty's getting older and, you know, right. all these things are coalescing, but yeah, overall I've been very happy and I think it's been um, fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that stuff, uh, the, the few field general elements, Yachty can still do from the dugout. Yeah. Um, he can, he can call games alongside uh, Ollie and, you know, he can read the field and and give the scouting report to everyone there in the dugout. Uh, so it's not the same of course, but it's also not nothing. Uh, yeah, I think it's been fun. Um, I, you know, Kisner has been getting a lot of love and I think that's fair. Um, I don't want to be the uh, Debbie downer here, but, uh, just to share two stats that are interesting. Uh, he does in his very short amount of plate appearances have a 43.8% strikeout rate. Which is high. Um, now, of course, when you haven't really played for like four years in the major league level, of course, you're probably going to strike out a lot. Uh, and his BABIP is sitting at a cool 571. So a little bit of luck on the hits that he does have. Um, but his at bats have still looked generally good. Um, you know, it's only 16 play appearances. So any, yeah. any single event is going to result in a significant percentage. Um, but you generally don't like to see a very high K rate and a very high BABIP. Uh, so we'll see how those evolve over the season. To, to help Andrew a little bit out on that, I, I will say, you know, most of those starts came against Brewers pitching and Brewers pitching is unfortunately very good. So that's I'll true. Help them out a little bit. But yeah, no, those are those are numbers that are uh, either going to get you out of the bigs or, or hopefully uh, cool <laughs> off a bit. Um. So some things that are also going well here, uh, we, we've spent so much time talking about Nolan Arenado, uh, you know, the, the leader of the pack for my draft day selections at the beginning yeah, of the did season. Good. You, you got I'm sure you're feeling real bad about that. Um, but, uh, Arenado continues to look like the best player in baseball, both defensively and offensively. It's fantastic. I don't know how much more there is to say right now compared to what we talked about last week. He just, he looks great. Uh, got the, the long hair going, he just top of his game also just turned 31. Happy birthday, Nolan Arenado. 
Um, I think the the more surprising success story right now is a guy that you and I were both pretty low on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think most Cardinal fans were pretty low on, and I think it's fair. Uh, but uh, Tommy Edmond, who today's lineup, we're recording Wednesday in the middle of the day. Lineup just released, leading off in tonight's game. So yeah. um, there's kind of two stories going on there. But uh, let's talk about Tommy Edmond. What what are your thoughts? I you know I I. I... It's hard to quantify, you know, looking at the numbers, obviously they're very good. Um, it just seems like he's, <laughs> he's just hitting the ball hard. Um, I think, uh, like, it, you know, there's not much more analysis, I think, to add to it. He's hitting the ball a lot harder than he did last year. Um, like, his rates are pretty similar to where his career numbers have been. There, there hasn't been some massive change. Um, he's walking a little bit more than we're used to seeing. Uh, but I mean, it's the power. The, the power swing is the difference in what we're seeing, uh, whether it's from the left or the right side. He's already got three home runs, which is silly. Uh, like I did, you know, you think of him as kind of a slap hitter. And even when he's not hitting the ball out of the park, he's driving it to the outfield wall. And that speed is going to make his slugging look really good. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I'm excited for, you know, hopefully he keeps this up and hopefully he has more data that we can dive into. Because for my money, I can't tell other than he just seems to be better. Um, something that, you know, I was I was watching my Bally Sports uh, postgame interviews last night. And I, I can't remember one of the the beat writers asked Tommy, Hey, you know, you had a rough spring. You come out swinging, you know, your hair's on fire. You're playing great. What's going on here. And Tommy very calmly just said, yeah, I was actually just working on some things in spring. And, you know, I was, I was kind of working on this thing and kind of working on this thing. And there he was kind of talking about just amorphous hitting and baseball things that don't really mean a ton to me. Right. Uh, so I, I mean, you know, maybe there's just truth to that. Maybe He's he like, made an adjustment and here we are. I, you know, in spring, I was like just trying to, you remember that day I went up and tried to do a pool cue shot. <laughs> um, everyone was, you know, that was not very successful, but I thought I'd give it a shot, try to hit the ball like it was a pool cue. Um, so I was just working on weird things in the spring. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember a handful of years back, Freddie Freeman, uh, he was having like a, a MVP type season, you know, like he does. And a reporter asked him, hey, Freddie, what, you know, what's changed this year? Why are you being so much more successful? And he says, I decided that I wanted to be striking out less. Um, and that's what he attributed to his success. So like, I mean, baseball players, I, I mean, they're obviously unbelievably oh. talented. Some of the best athletes in the world. Maybe they can just say, you know what? I'm going to start hitting the ball harder. And then uh, Tommy does it. I I, I don't well, know. I mean, he had been more of a slap hitting guy in his career. And, uh, you know, maybe he uh, hanging out with Bro Neal and Arenado and those guys. You know, he's just like, maybe I'll hit the ball harder. I don't know. Surprising. Again, yeah. early. Exciting. We'll see. But, um, you know, like you said, the numbers look pretty good. His BABIP is a little high, 350. But. That's not that high for a guy of his speed. You know, someone like him can maintain generally an over 300 Babbitt uh, in a full season. So um, we'll see. We hope he keeps it going. Um, flip side of that, uh, you know, I talked about the the new lineup. Uh, not going to spend too much time on it, but Carlson, uh, looking like he's been struggling a little bit, came out of the box looking pretty good. But um, yeah. in the last week or so, has looked a little lost at the plate. Yeah, it's uh I, I mean Dylan also has he 
I can't remember a Cardinals player, or at least no one's popping into my mind right now, who just seems to have bad luck sometimes. Uh, like when he first came up, how many at bats did he have with the bases loaded where he just got destroyed by, you know, uh, bullpen guys throwing 98 above the zone? Um, and I was curious because I was kind of feel like an- feeling anecdotal about that information. Then I go and look at his fan graphs page. He's got a 182 BABIP. We're, we're talking a lot of BABIP this episode. So he yeah. is hitting the ball. Um, he's hitting into some bad luck. His strikeout rate is down. His walk rate is really down. So I think it's just a matter of him settling in. Um, the good thing is the defense has been great. The, the base running has been great. Um, I feel like he's even looks a step quicker this year. Um, which maybe is something I'll, I'll look into and we can talk about next week, but he's going to be good. He, he just needs to figure it out. And he's, you know, yeah. if he's sophomore slumping, if he has to adjust to the adjustment, it's nothing that I'm worried about, but I think it's, it's nice. You know, we were just talking about how great Tommy Edmond is great. Let's move Dylan down and move Tommy up and play the hot hand and, and get, you know, whoever's hot, getting the most at bats and, and getting the offense going. So kind of have that luxury right now when the Cardinals are looking the yeah. way that they're looking. It's okay to have Dylan slump a little bit. Um, that being said, I'm, I think we're both like super high on Dylan and we yeah, expect him yeah. to have a pretty fantastic year. So I, I am not hitting the panic button. Uh, so Ben and I both like operate the, the, our Twitter account. And, um, I don't know if you saw this Ben the other day, but, uh, it was after, um, Carlson's stolen base. Uh, I went on there and tweeted something about like, this is the start of his 2020 season or yeah. more like Carlson's going at least 2020 or something like that. And then I sent that. And then like an hour later, I was looking at it, I was looking at the things that we had sent and you had said almost the exact same thing as me, like within like <laughs> two minutes of when I yeah. sent that, I was like, that had to be confusing for anyone that was like reading our Twitter. But uh, it was also funny that we had like the exact same thought. <laughs> we should start. Uh, a we bo- should start. A, oh my back. God. <laughs> 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 whoa whoa i think we should end our podcast (laughs) yeah all right great up uh all right let's move on um so we've seen now a couple weeks of marmal as a manager and um you know i think we're already seeing some of the things that we were hoping for from him that more analytical approach and uh a interview with him came out recently and and i'm Sorry to read so much on the show, but I think this is an incredibly informative uh, uh, interview that he that he had. Um, this was from the Post Dispatch, so I'm just going to read it. So this is quoting him: "Merrifield against Wintgren over twelve." Marmol said, referring to Merrifield's lifetime numbers against the right-hander. But when you look at the video, three of them were caught on the track, two were line drives to short, twelve at bats. How meaningful are they? Because with a little better placement, he's 5 for 12 with three doubles. How are you feeling about that matchup? When you look at the algorithmic suggestions of matchups, it'll give you a pretty good idea of what the outcome should be over time. But when you also start to look at swing plane, how it matches against his style of fastball and changeup, is it within the path where he usually has success? Is there a better matchup there? So, the 0 for 12. Do you look at it and weigh it into the equation? Yes. Is it the determining factor? The answer is no. You can easily get fooled looking at a sheet and going, oh, this guy is 0 for 4 against him until he's not. Is it really meaningful if someone is 0 for 4 against somebody? I lean towards no. A lot in that statement, man. We've got algorithmic suggestions. We've got matching 
plane, uh, swing plane against pitch type. We've got not overvaluing uh, short sample sizes on a matchup or matchup basis. We've got going in and watching video to understand what does that 0 for 12 actually look like. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I read this, I was like, hell yes, this is what we've wanted from a Cardinal manager, like, I don't know, forever, you know? Yeah. Um, it's what I think we thought we were getting with Schilt. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, enough has been said about why he's not with us anymore, but like, that that right there was like you know he there's been weird decisions already there's always going to be weird decisions but that level of analysis in the game and that level of thinking about the game was just exactly what i've wanted from a manager for the cardinals for so long well and i think you know that kind of statement and and that kind of line of thought and that kind of like analytical brain is okay maybe he's making a weird decision but i bet ollie's got a good answer for this or a reason for this and he is likely to go explain that to us in a detailed fashion right um and and he's also you know he's he's very self-effacing he 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 is telling you what he is thinking he is not putting anything else on it and i really really appreciate that but yeah i think i agree with you i think the number one takeaway i had from reading that statement by him was no Cardinals manager in the history of the St. Louis Cardinals could ever put that thought and, and explain it like that. And that is not right. a diss to TLR or any of them. It's just a matter of fact. No, they did not think that way. And if they did, they absolutely did not share that with the fans or with the media at all. Um, yeah. So I think that's my biggest takeaway is, holy cow, this guy gets it. And, and he is definitely Matheny. <laughs> Opposite Matheny, uh, who went to, uh, would explain what he meant when yeah. he was doing, but it, it was still had this whole like, well, you know, I, I woke up this morning and had my eggs and, uh, <laughs> and I just felt like you know, this, you know, this was the day for this guy, you know, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, all right, you explained what you meant, but it still didn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, what a, you know, this guy, Ali Marmol has been in the, on the team, a part of the organization for quite a while and he's been seen as this wonder kid you know wonder king what damn it um and uh now, my, now i'm a bit from uh ted lasso if you've seen the second <laughs> season uh uh and it's like you know he's but he's never been very public if you're a follower of the team then you've known about him and you've seen some of his interviews but like you know this is big time spotlight sort of stuff. And uh, it's really impressive. It, he, he does a good job of explaining why small sample sizes don't make any sense to uh, overvalue. And uh, you know, how many times do we see Matheny or Schilt like run Matt Carpenter out there and be like, Oh, he's uh, over 12. He's due. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he's a leader. Like, yeah. These horrible, uh, you know, thought processes. So uh, it's nice. Yeah, and I also think the great thing about that is that if you if he kind of lays it out like that and you still disagree with him, at least you know what the hell you're disagreeing with. Like, I, yeah. So I, I'm all on board with it. I, I'm happy. You know, hopefully this is just how it goes. All you know for the rest of the the year and yeah years to come. So yeah, all good. All right. So uh, the Cardinals had a series in Milwaukee, which uh, four games set in Milwaukee. The first real, you know good team that the Cardinals have played this year. Uh, sort of a, an early test after a good start to the season. Uh, I thought it was, um, you know, anytime you go to a four game series again in the home stadium of a rival, a good rival, 
Um, you know, it feels like a big moment for the team. And um, ultimately, my takeaway was that it was a great series. Now, they, they yep. won two, two of four, uh, which is really what you're hoping for. You're hoping for a split. If you can win the series, great. But, you know, uh, splits what you you consider a success. And it was very nearly uh, not a split. Uh, I yeah, felt like absolutely. the Cardinals color you know cardinal colored glasses on here but like i felt like the cardinals looked like the better team in that series uh despite it being a a split yeah and i think you know you're you're facing some of the best pitchers in the league definitely the national league and by far the national league central and you walk in there and you put up 18 runs that's big because yeah. you know i think we're all fairly confident in the cardinals offense but actually seeing it you know i think if if, if there's one thing to nitpick at in the first week of Cardinals baseball was, yeah, they're not facing great competition, especially yeah. on the pitching side. You know, I think we said JT Brubaker is a bit of a challenge, but outside of that, you know, nothing, nothing that you're scared of or you're, you're marking off on your calendar. Um, but these guys are, you know, they, the bullpen yeah. and the start, we all know they're, they're very, very good. Uh, even Adrian Hauser, um, who I wouldn't say is fantastic, but 96 mile an hour, hard, hard sinker. Yeah. It's hard. Um, yeah. and the fact that they were able to sit back on Freddie Peralta, let Freddie, you know, get his pitch count way up really quickly rather than just flailing at balls. Um, that's going to be really helpful for the rest of the year. Every, you know, like you were saying, every single game and every single series with the Brewers already is extremely important to the Cardinals. It is, I think, in our opinion, a two team race. So every, anytime you can get deep into their bullpen, put up some runs, that's great. Um, I think, you know, also what needs to be pointed out is the Cardinals only gave up 13 runs. That's a little over three run per game, three runs per game. Um, and I don't think by any means anyone really expects the Brewers offense to be great. Um, but the fact that we be- beat them on a, our differential, uh, uh, you know, yeah. run differential over a four game set, walk out of there with your head high. Yeah. You, you could have had, you honestly, you could have had four games, I guess, but you definitely could have had three games. Um, and that's okay. But I, I think yeah. the Cardinals looked like the better team. Um, and like I said, they were able to get at the pitching. That's the number one thing you worry about. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had some good performances from Mats. We yes. spent a bunch of time on the last episode talking about Mats and, and what went wrong and how he could be better. And hey, he was better. I mean, he looked great. Like the, uh, not that I, I watched some Matt starts, you know, last year, um, when he was playing for the blue Jays, but I would not by any means say that I'm a, a Matt's Hawk or, or anything like that. But, um, at least a Matt's in, man, a Matt's man, um, I can definitely say in a Cardinals uniform, we've never seen a sinker look that good. And the fact that he was able to spot it to both sides and, and low on the plate. Um, I, he, there were points in that game where he looked like he was dominating, um, yeah, I, which, you know, that he, he looked fantastic and, uh, it's kind of fun having a, a lefty, you know, throwing 95, 96. Uh, it's, yeah. it's fun to watch. We don't really have any of those guys. So it's, that's been good, or at least from yeah. the starting rotation. We also got a good start from miles Michaelis, which is Ooh. very good to see. Yes. Yeah. Pretty he, critical he looked, that he's good this year. That that's the best that he's looked in a long time. And he yeah. looked fantastic. I, can't remember the fastball coming out of his hand like that and the curveball he was just throwing it at will and it was breaking huge it, he looked great um I, I think i said a couple episodes ago he is my pick out pick for the kind of breakout or comeback or whatever you accolade you want to throw at him i think he's going to have a great year and that right there 
I, 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 I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to get overexcited about it. He's got to start tonight after we record against the Marlins. Um, and I think that's going to show us a lot too. uh, yeah. you know, back to back starts is going to be a big thing for him, him coming out and being healthy, having that fastball, uh, coming out of his hand again. Well, and I kind of, like I said, if he's spotting the fastball and he can throw up the curveball and he's not humping it up there, you know, where you can kind of read it out of the hand almost cause it's so loopy. Um, right. the guy's going to have a great year. Um, so I, I think, you know, put your party hats on or whatever the hell, like get excited. I, I think I'm giving everyone the permission to be excited about miles. Mikolaus. Oh, I was worried, <laughs> um, but I appreciate the permission. Uh, it's I am condescending, mate. Consider myself excited. Okay. Look at me. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is my excited face. Oh, I hate you. It's good podcast work. Uh, cool. Yeah. I think, um, this past week, uh, I mean, the first two weeks, the Cardinals are six and three. Uh, we've had t- games against bad teams. We've had games against good teams. Uh, and there's obviously things that could get better. We've talked a little bit about it with uh, Carlson. We haven't really touched on Goldschmidt, but we're not worried about him. There, there's areas for improvement, um, but a, there's a lot clicking on this team right now. And yeah. a lot of the things that we were hoping for uh, to start the season are working. So, um, yeah, I think. A lot to be excited about. Uh, I know we want to talk about some of the baby birds out there that are having a great time. But before we do that, I <laughs> uh, want to remind everybody that this show is supported on Patreon. If you love the show, want to want to support us and the show's growth, check it out at patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, anyone who supports the show through Patreon gets excited, gets uh, to join our Discord, which I am hereby branding the Bird Scored. Yes, yes. Uh, so just, shout out! I didn't know that. That was I like that. That's good. Yeah, I just came up with that. Um, tweet, tweet, so, y'all. Yeah, tweet, tweet, y'all. We're calling it the Bird Scored <laughs> now. Uh, shout out to the Bird Scored, to my to my birds in the Bird Scored, uh, my friends Tria Turner and Sean Mania of the Bird Scored. <laughs> um, <laughs> Also, shout out to new patron, Joe Boria. Thanks for being a part of it. We appreciate it. Uh, you get a kiss, too, just like our last uh, one. So, um, so yeah, if you if you want to support the show, we talk uh, you know baseball in there. And as the show grows, we'll do some episode planning. And just a great way to be a part of the show. Uh, ben, tell everyone where they can find us online. Yeah, the socials. Uh, definitely follow us on Instagram at Talking About Birds. Uh, like us, poke us, share us, story us, all the other Instagram stuff. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. Tweet at us, uh, converse with us, join us. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like us, share us, tell One your friends about us. us. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep. Keep tweeting, tweet, tweet. Like I said earlier, uh, if you have any questions uh, about us, podcasts, baseball, Nate's personal life, anything like that, you can always hit us up at talkingaboutbirds at gmail.com. Send us your emails. Um, also, Nate and I are thinking about starting a TikTok. Is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? Tweet at us there. Um, I think we're kind of old, old millennial sticking yeah. our heels in the ground a little bit, but tell us, is that a good idea? Should we do that? Um, and I also like to mention, uh, find us on Spotify, all your podcasting apps, make sure to rate and review, share that stuff. Uh, tell your friends, please. Yep. Tell your friends.
So if you've listened to the show since the beginning, there were a couple guys that we were really excited about. I mean, we're not the only ones, but um, a lot of people are excited about a lot of people. <laughs> we're the we're, only ones that know about Juan Yepes. He's our guy. Yeah, let me. <laughs> have you heard of Nolan Gorman? Uh, <laughs> but um, so we were all we were very excited about Gorman and Yepes. We both thought they were going to make the team. Uh, I thought they were going to split time at DH and then the Colonel signed. Corey Dickerson and Albert Bujols. Uh, so they are starting in Memphis. And uh, wow, what a uh, what a start to the season they are having. Um, Gorman has five home runs uh, in five games, or a home run in five games straight, seven yep. home runs over seven games. Uh, Burleson putting on a show himself. Uh, there's still plenty to be excited about for these guys. Uh, and it's nice to know that the Cardinals have, you know, some fuel in the reserves if there's an injury or maybe something like Paul DeYoung continues to struggle uh, and Edmund continues to do well. You can move Edmund over to short and give Gorman some time at second base to to see if that transitions to the big leagues immediately or not. Uh, it It's just a lot of fun having these mashers yeah. in the minors, you know, that are – the Cardinals haven't had a – well, I guess Carlson was pretty well regarded, but he he kind of like blew up and then made the team right pretty quickly. Um, I can't remember the last time the Cardinals have had like a power guy like Gorman uh, sitting in the minors for the for the amount of time that he has been now. Yeah, no, and, and I think you know, like there, there's obviously going to be people out there that kind of complain about the Dickerson and Pujols signing because it means that it's you know quote unquote taking bats at bats away from these young guys. But this is what good teams do. You know, good teams have guys that are banging down the door of AAA to try to get yeah. in the big leagues. And and they can, you know, maybe, you know, there will be opportunities to bring those guys up. When injuries happen, inevitably happen, things, you know, will not all go perfect for the Cardinals this year. But this is what the Dodgers do. This, you know, the uh, uh, the Rays have Vidal Brujan in the, in the minors right now, and he's probably starting for most teams. Um a right. lot of the best teams in baseball, this is what they do. They have so much good talent, they can't fit it on the team. So I think while it's fair to be annoyed by the fact that Gorman's not getting those or hitting those bombs for the card, the big boy Cardinals, it's good to know that that's a lever that Mo Zalok and, and Ali can pull whenever they need. So yeah, all good. Gorman is on fire right now. He's also yeah. striking out like a lunatic, yes, but hey, yes. it, with, with great strikeouts come great power sometimes. <laughs> so whatever, let it rip, big boy. Yeah, he is selling out a little bit for power right now. It does make you think, is he just down there like, all right, I just need to put on a show. I just need to hit as many bombs as possible to yeah. like remind everybody that I'm down here. You know, I don't know. Yepes as well. Uh, you know, he was, to me, a, a bigger question mark. Uh, you know, huge breakout season in 2021. Yeah. Was he going to be able to carry it forward? And so far, so good. Uh, other guy who's standing out, someone who is uh, risen and fallen uh, yeah. multiple times through the last couple of years. Uh, Zach Thompson, starting pitching uh, prospect for the Cardinals, at times in the top 10 Cardinal prospect list, uh, you know, maybe looking like the next Jack Flaherty and then uh, really struggled in 2021. Uh, but right now, at least early on in the season, looking like maybe he's returning to form a bit. Yeah, I think, you know, you have to be excited. He's only got two starts so far, but he's racking up a lot of Ks. He's keeping the ERA down. And that's something that that is, you know, uh, uh, 
that's where I worry about the team. Like we were talking about earlier, I, d- I don't worry so much about the power production. I don't worry so much about the offense or position players, but we need some of these guys in double A and triple A on the pitching side to hit. Oviedo's had a really rough start to the season, but yeah, Zach Thompson's coming out and looking like maybe he clicked in. You know, he he talked about how last year was just a bad year for him. So maybe the adjustments that he's made have have made a lot of sense and. This is a college pitcher that we expected to kind of be in the bigs quickly. So maybe he is going to fulfill that uh, prophecy prediction, not sure. prophecy. The the gods spoke. <laughs> yeah, the baseball gods came down and they touched Zach. Zach Thompson. There will yeah. be a Zach Thompson. Don't the the Pirates, I think, also have a starting pitcher named Zach Thompson right now. So hopefully the prophecy Probably. was speaking of our Zach Thompson and not our, theirs. Yeah, that would be good. Um, there will be. Unto a day, there will be two Zach Thompson. <laughs> I hated that. Uh, <laughs> a quick score Spangenberg update. He is OPSing uh, 484. Um, so he hasn't he hasn't caught fire yet, but it's coming. We all sleeping, know it's coming. Sleeping dragon. My my duty is a sleeping <laughs> dragon. All right. Yeah. Um, that's the ace in the hole that uh, the Cardinals are just waiting to, to release on the league. <laughs> uh, sorry, rest of the league. Yeah. Sorry. Spangenberg is ours. Um, there's uh, now I feel a little mean. Uh, you're you're good, Spanjerberg. You're better than yeah. Me, he's so. a professional baseball player. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll shut up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, guilty. Uh, but thanks for the Spangenberg watch uh, update report. We're all on the edge of our seat for that. Yeah. Uh, you have here something to that. I'm looking at my little outline here, something that um just broke the other day with a uh. Very oh, funny yeah. image of Manny Machado <laughs> not looking happy at all about it. Um, is, it is Manny Mach- is he ever happy though? No, I don't think so. So why would you pick him to be part of the uh, launch of this? <laughs> uh, of all guys, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's been announced. It's been a long time coming, especially with the the Nike swoosh added a couple years ago. Uh, but teams will be able to place uh, advertising patches or, or whatever onto jerseys. Uh, I, I do believe there's still, you know, a fair amount of limitations. We're not going to get a like NASCAR style, you know, uh, just like covered in advertisements. Yeah. Um, St. Louis Cardinals one. brought to you by. Well, I, that always, that cracks me up. The, um, that everything in a broadcast is brought to you by someone. They'll be like yeah. that. Bases loaded walk was brought to you by Mitsubishi. It's like, <laughs> do they want to sponsor that? I guess it doesn't really matter. It's just yeah. getting your name on the broadcast. That but um, untucked back pocket is brought to you yeah. by. Yeah. Ooh, that uh, that comebacker off the pitcher's face was brought to you by <laughs> Don Brown Chevrolet. Uh, <laughs> if they could sell that, they would. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, so there's going to be patches now or starting in 2023 on, on the uniforms, um, or on the jerseys. I don't know. What, what do you, what are your thoughts, Ben? It's stupid. Um, it's stupid and I hate it. You know, we've lambasted the owners for trying to squeeze every little dollar out of this sport that they possibly can. And this is one that I do find gauche. I also understand that it's just, it's going to happen, um, because other sports are doing it. It's obviously really, uh, it's, it's a very normal practice outside of North America, um, yeah. So it's coming. Um, I hope it is not as aggressive as like how it is in the Premier League, where it just says Samsung across somebody's 
uh, chest rather than, you know, the team name and everything like that. And I think, you know, being specifically being a Cardinals fan, and I think there's a couple other fan groups out there that have great jerseys like the Cardinal. Like, I, I know I'm biased, but I, I if I had to rank it, you know, I, I would put the Cardinals and the A's for me as the two best jerseys in the major in yeah. the major leagues. And I don't really want to see these jerseys soiled with some stupid product integration. And and the other thing is, you know, I, I have a couple of jerseys. And if there's a freaking Samsung logo on it, I think I am way, way, way less likely to buy it. And I know some people are going to still go for it because they want to wear the thing that the players are wearing and they, they want that authenticity. Um, but if and when that does happen, I'll be more much more likely to either just go buy a jersey or, or not buy it. But I am very anti having like a Tums patch on my uh, Randall Gritchick shirt or whatever the <laughs> hell I'm I'm rocking. You know, like I just yeah. don't like that at all. Yeah, um, you know, I, I participate in those uh, in the like. 5k things actually i did the cardinal care 5k over the weekend it was a ton of fun i mean yeah, talk about that at, catch at the at wall the yeah i robbed a home run yeah. uh, tyler o'neill came out and we hugged and he <laughs> said great catch wow and we had a catch for a little while oh wow it was great yeah did he adopt it, you uh it was more like we entered into a brotherhood wow yeah it was well, great that's i believe you and that's really cute yeah. Um, but yeah, it was actually fun. I'd never been down on the field, uh, at least at Bush three. So, uh, it was cool. Um, but anyway, they, these things always give out these like sponsorship gear. So right. I got this like Cardinal five K zip up like athletic wear, you know, and, and it's actually like pretty nice quality, but it is covered head to toe in all of the sponsors yeah. that, uh, you know, support the 5k, which is great. I'm glad they, they support the 5k as a, you know, for a good cause and whatnot, but it's like, I'm never going to wear this thing. No. I, you know, you just feel like a walking billboard and I do worry about, uh, the, the, um, Jersey and, and like what you said, I think, you know, the Cardinals obviously have a, have a very storied Jersey is often shows up, not just within Cardinal fans, but you know, these companies and websites and whatnot will do like most beautiful jerseys in sports and Cardinals are very often very high up on there. Um, The home whites are just no good. Yeah. Yeah. And and even besides just like Cardinals, I think baseball, you know, has this tradition and, and, and we went through this a little bit with the, with the Nike swish edition a few years ago. And ultimately that one has not really bothered me at all. It's, it's pretty unobtrusive and it's small and you get it. It's Nike or whatever. Right. Um, like the Disney of sports. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, I'm more worried now about like, yeah, giant Samsung or what is like the Motorola. Po- yeah. That was that the was, example uh, for the podcast. Yeah. yeah it was Motorola. It looks, it looks bad. Um, but it, I, I guess it is what it is and we're just being grumpy about it. Not much to, not much to take from it. No, they'll sell it. It'll, it'll be a thing. It's yeah. going to happen quickly. I, yeah, I, I would bet a large sum of money on that. Yeah. So let's go into, uh, you know, more broader league news. Um, I think the, there's two big things, two big manager decisions that happened in the last week <laughs> that have been dominating the, uh, you know, the, the, the conversation. Uh, one was Kershaw being pulled yeah. s- after seven innings of uh, perfect game and only at 80 pitches. And the other was... <laughs> Joe Madden, you know, Cardinal fan favorite. Uh, we love intention- 
Yeah, intentionally walking Corey Seager with the bases loaded. Uh, lots to unpack here. Um, two very different decisions, two very different sort of outcomes and thought processes. But uh, I guess let's start with the first one. What did you think about Kershaw being pulled? Yeah, you know, I think if it was, and I'm definitely going to sound like old man yelling at clouds right now, and I'm I'm fully aware of that, and I'm I'm actually comfortable with that. That's that's fine. But uh, if it was a no hitter, it's fine. If it really, I mean, if it was anything other than a perfect game, I would be fine with it. Uh, but 80 pitches, taking him out, perfect games just don't happen. Yeah. Um, in a pitcher, uh, Kershaw. You want Kershaw to have that on his Wikipedia page. You, you, he's Clayton yeah. Kershaw. He is the Sandy Koufax of our generation. He is the guy. An accolade like this just kind of adds to the mystique. The the whole. I, I mean, he is that guy. He's that guy that should go do that. And the fact that Dave Roberts took him out, I, I think, is kind of a bummer. I also, you know, I think that there's part of this is on Clayton too. I, I think of Clayton. Clayton's kind of got that Yadier Molina vibe, you know, like. We're watching uh, you. You're just calling him by his first name a lot. Clayton. <laughs> Clayton. Uh, Mr. Kirsch. This is on you. If he would have gone over and said to to Dave Roberts, hey, man, I'm staying in. This is my game. Probably would have let him. Like, I, I think he's one of the few players in the MLB that can kind of tell his manager what to do. So I'm a little surprised about that. And, and I know that, you know, players always say the right thing in postgame interviews. And it's about the team. And it's about the long run. And I know that Kershaw has had an injury history. He was cruising. Um, if yeah. anybody watched any, I mean, his slider alone was just completely unhittable, and he was spotting his fastball over the all over the place. So, I, I you know, being a baseball fan that I am, I would much rather go for history. I'd, I know it's early in the season. Give him a you know, give him an extra day of rust after it or something like that. But man, yeah. you want to see the yeah. perfect game, right? Every single yeah. time. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I. I share the the sentiment and to me you know, like i saw a lot of the take that you're saying which is the like um or the, the common take has been if it was a no hitter fine whatever but it's a perfect game um to me it, it's actually even more about it being clayton kershaw you know if it was right. some random pitcher you know i think the stars were aligned but he was on a pitch count it'd been decided before the game uh, i'd get it a little bit more um but it's clayton kershaw like come on he's the best pitcher of the generation, let him have this moment, or at least go for the moment and have your guy warming up. And if he gives up a hit, all right, whatever he's out, Yeah, you know, yeah, no big deal. But to add to the Clayton Kershaw of it all, it's, you know, he's somebody who you are fully confident can take it all the way. Like there are some people who are just getting lucky the whole time, but Clayton yeah. was dominating. He was, yeah, looked good. It, this was not a fluky. He was, he was just that good that day. Um, yeah. so yeah, disappointing. Hopefully he gets another shot at it. Uh, yeah, uh, the other one, though, this one is funnier, uh, less impactful from a uh, an actual like history moment. Although it is a a more rare situation than a perfect game, yeah, uh, which is the, it's stupid. The, yeah, it's <laughs> stupid. And I just want to use this moment to roast Joe Madden for a little bit. Um, so somehow, if you're unfamiliar, the the uh, Angels are down. And uh, the Rangers had the bases loaded in the fourth inning in the fourth inning. And Joe Madden calls for the intentional walk to Corey Seager. Now, Corey Seager's good. We're both huge fans of Corey Seager. Yes. Uh, but he's no babe, uh, no Barry Bonds, which is the no. last person that this happened to it during peak Barry Bonds. Uh, and also, this is the first time that it's happened while where 
where the the team that did it is trailing uh, since literally the 1800s. So again, this isn't Joe Madden, like, you know, oh, the masterminding, like he's found the new inefficiency or whatever. It's just stupid. It's a bad decision and there's no reason to do it. And you can tell that it's a stupid decision because even Joe Madden didn't have a reason for doing it whenever uh, they interviewed him. He, he said something to the effect of trying to avoid the beginning. I got the quote is, right here. Okay. Yeah. Just, just trying to stay out of a big blow and also just try to stir the group up, quite frankly. Joe, what does that mean? Yeah, you're a week into this into the season, and you're trying to stir the group up. I don't know. I, you think Mike he, Trout isn't ready to play? You think uh, Shohei, Shohei Otani? Yeah. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, he's stupid. I, I, you know, there was a time where Joe Madden was like the shit. Uh, it was when he was with the Rays, and you know, he was a product of the Rays' way of thinking, and he did carry that over that success over to the Cubs, and obviously, we we all remember that. Uh, but he always has had this air about him that is just like very frustrating and very annoying. He nitpicks everything, complains about everything. Yeah. Gives these big statements. Like I remember after the, um, you know, there was a, there was a, a game where like the Cardinals hit someone and then the Cubs hit someone. And then there was a little bit of that going on. And, and in a post game interview, Joe Madden started waxing philosophically about how people must have been raised as chill as children <laughs> that led to, yeah. you know, just really obnoxious. Like I'm better than everyone. So he's an asshole. And yeah, he sucks. And this is a stupid thing. And he's trying to like, if you're, uh, if your argument is, I'm just trying to mix it up. Uh, you know, that is never, uh, <laughs> the, the side that you want to be on. If you yeah. find yourself saying, I just want to mix it up. Uh, you should probably rethink whatever you're doing because it's <laughs> not going to be what uh, you hope it to be. So, Corey, if if you're looking at Corey Seager's career numbers, he's got a three career 366 on base percentage. So that means that reasonably you could say that he has a 74 percent chance of getting out. And rather yeah. than doing that, Madden just gave it to him. That is why it's him. stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's there's never a reason. You know, yeah. it's still uh, the. You know, there's still a lot of research and whatnot going into it, but just the the idea of giving up an out is, uh, you know, so like sacrificing and whatnot statistically right. is rarely a good decision, right? Giving up one of your outs. So what, think about purposefully letting the other team score a run. Like, how <laughs> could that ever be the right decision? Uh, and then, of course, the the like everyone who was on base scored through a series of <laughs> yeah. the, the the pitcher balked. I yeah. wonder if he balked because he was like, what the fuck, Joe? <laughs> like, yeah. you don't think I could get this guy out? Like, anyway, uh, I, I, we're, we're, we're several days late on both of these takes due to our weekly format and these things happening earlier in the week. But, like, I just wanted to make fun of Joe Madden for a second. <laughs> it's always fun. Yep. Um, let's end on some Reds talk. Uh, you know, we've we've hated the Reds enough for a while now. And, um it's just not going well for them. Uh, well, Moustakas ever since and, yeah. they have not won since their uh, COO has said that stupid bullshit that we talked about last week. So that kind of makes me happy in a way, although not for Reds fans. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, well, now Jonathan India, they're probably their best player. Yeah. Uh, rookie of the year last year is on the on the IL. Uh, Mustakas, who hasn't really been good for a while now, is on the IL. 
Tommy Tommy Pham's revenge tour has not gone <laughs> the way that he has wanted it, though he has had a good couple games now yeah. here at the uh, over the last couple of days. But still, um, yeah, just a, a rough time for the for the Reds. Maybe uh, your COO coming out and saying that we don't care about you or anyone. Uh, not a good look. No karma, I guess. Uh, yeah. And yeah, one other thing I want to make fun of the Reds for, and this one, I, I don't know how I feel about the hit. I don't think I've had a lot enough time to think about this yet, <laughs> but the Luke Voigt coming into home plate and hitting uh, Tyler Stevenson, who's the Reds catcher, and he's going out on concussion protocols. That's obviously just bad. I don't think Luke Voigt did it on purpose. I think Luke Voigt is just a truck of a human being, and yeah. Stevenson accidentally got in the way of it. At least I'd like to think that. Um, but well, the reason I bring this up is because I wanted to bring up that uh, uh, Tommy Pham said that he knows a lot of gyms in San- the San Diego area, and he'd be happy to go box Luke Voigt. Um, and while I appreciate Tommy Pham, and I like both of these players, and I think they both have good, interesting personalities, and they're good for the game. Tommy, you are going to lose. Luke Voigt get crushed. Yeah. is a monster of a human being. <laughs> they would say when in the Yankees days, he'd be in the same workout room with Giancarlo and Aaron Judge, and they would say that Luke Voigt was the strongest one there. Don't yeah. mess with that guy. What are you doing? Yeah. Although I would pay to see that. Same. There's probably like, let's get a side industry going of like athletes having boxing matches. <laughs> like outside of the game. Yeah. Uh, well, it's good to laugh at Joe Madden and it's good to laugh at the Reds. Uh, so we'll go ahead and, and end on that. Um, and, you know, of course, we're at the end of the episode, so we've got another um, silly game. Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, here we go again. Oh, God. Do you hear that? I, oh, I hear it. Well, Ben, you know what that means. It's We're time get for sued a, by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> you have to cut it off before it goes too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's time for another round of Card Shark. Da, da, da. <laughs> I've got a pack here of All right. uh, 2022 Tops Series 1. Uh, I am going to open it up fresh pack there's some oh, yeah asmr for you love it um i'm gonna open it we're gonna do this like i did it last time uh we'll see how it goes i'm definitely open to suggestions on how to make this better but here's the rules i'm going to uh name the player uh that i get on the card and ben has to say the position yes. and team that they are on no and... keegan aiken no keegan aiken <laughs> and like last time I don't know. Maybe there'll be some like random ass cards in here that yeah. will kind of make up the game as we go along. So uh, here we go. I'm I'll tell you what, though. I'll never forget who Keegan Aiken is because that is now burned <laughs> yeah, into right. my brain. All right. I've got the the cards here. Okay. So um, the these cards were, I'm assuming, produced at the end of 2021 or sometime okay. over the off season. So uh, so this is I somebody ex- who changed teams recently. There you go. There's I will accept. I was actually going to say this already, oh, okay. but okay. Uh, this first one, I will accept either their uh, team for 2021 or yep. the team that they are now on. So, You're such a gentleman. Thank you. Avasail Garcia. 
Miami Marlins. He's their right fielder. He played for the Brewers last year and kicked the Cardinals' asses all year. You got it. Yeah, that go. one. That one's a little too close to home. That yeah, he, I know, he had right? a really good year last year. I'm gonna fold that one in half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you think? Does he feel it when you do that? Hurt him. They're playing him tonight. Yeah, each I did pay extra for the voodoo doll version <laughs> of the. Uh... <laughs> good. Uh, all right. Here's a good one. Riley Adams. Ooh, that is a okay. I will admit that is a player I don't know. Riley Adams. He's a major league player, really? Um, I'm going to go with he is a relief pitcher for the no, damn it, uh Mariners. <laughs> I didn't mean to shake my head. I saw that. <laughs> uh wrong and wrong. Uh, uh, Riley Adams is a catcher for the Washington Nationals. Really? Is he the Adams catcher? Star- Ad- uh, Adams started his career off with a bang roping a double in his June 8th debut. A month later, the hulking backstop was traded to Washington. Adams' first home run uh, turned a 2-1 to deficit into a 3-2 victory over the Braves on August 7th. He was right. with the Blue Jays, traded to the Nationals. 47 games. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll wear that one. That didn't feel good, though. Um, speaking of hulking, he is 6'4", 246. That's a big man. Yeah. That is a big catcher. All right. Sorry, Riley. Uh, Be better. Here's a fun little uh, synchronicity here. Austin Riley. Oh, okay. Austin Riley. He is third baseman for the Braves. World Series winner. Huge breakout year last year. Uh, Okay. I, I will, I'll just say it up front. I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this last name. Okay. Kyle Higashioka. Higashioka. Yeah, he got uh, he, now because uh, the Sanchez has been moved is now the starting catcher for the New York Yankees. Nice. Two catchers in this pack. Yeah. What a hot pack. Wow. wow. I think they call cool. him Higgy. Also, I think you could have gotten okay. away with calling him Higgy. I like it. Uh, here we go. Ronnie Dawson. Ooh. Ronnie Dawson. Getting some more obscure ones in this pack. Yeah, this is that's another really tough one. Who I just I've never heard that name before. I'm going to go with he is a um, let's see he's a oh man I really don't know this and I hate that I think he's a utility infielder for the Twins. He's an outfielder. For the Houston Astros. Wow. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Is he is he related to Andre Dawson? Is that or is that just? I don't know. Um, Ronnie's five year climb to Houston included a Carolina League All Star season in 2018 and a 17 homer effort at Double A in 2019. In his Astros debut on April 14th, 2021, Dawson supplied a single, a walk, and two runs. Wow. Apparently, he is. A triple A player for the Reds this year. Not okay. good enough to make the Reds team. What the hell? Yep. Uh, Drew Smiley. Ooh, I know Drew Smiley is a starting pitcher, but where the hell is he pitching these days? Um, that is not so easy for me. I think that he is a Atlanta Brave still. 
I will give it to you. He was a brave last year. I believe yeah. now he is with the Cubs. Oh, I could be wrong on that. I'll look that up, but uh, I think you're, I'll I'll take the charity point. Thank you. Yeah. He's a cub now. Yeah. Um, all right. This next one, (laughs) Sean Manaya. (laughs) Hey, you said it right. (laughs) Starting pitcher, San Diego Padres. (laughs) It's like, I don't know if you can see me laughing when I, when I pulled it, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also would have accepted, of course, the Oakland athletics. Yeah. This is this has been either really easy or really yeah. hard. I'm 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 not happy with my performance. Here's an interesting one. Luis Gill. Luis Gill. Uh I believe he is also a starting pitcher. Um now where in the hell does he play? I'm going to say he's an Oakland athletic as well. He is with the New York Yankees. Oh wow, not even close. Wrong side of the country. Starting pitcher though? Starting pitcher. Okay, I'll take that. Here's a fun one. Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver. Is he even around still? Uh, starting pitcher. Uh, D-backs. Nice. Is he healthy even? I hope he is. I always liked Luke. Yeah. Yeah. You know, big part of the um, Goldschmidt trade. Yeah. Um, really the the centerpiece alongside Carson Kelly, both still playing for the Diamondbacks. He has um, 0.2 innings pitched this year, and he has a 13-5 ERA. Oof. Poor guy. We call that one. A big oof. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Woof>. <laughs> uh, hey, this is fun. I'm going to hold it up to the camera. So this is a specialty card that I can't think of a game immediately for. It's a little Jackie Robinson card. Oh, that's actually awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect timing. <laughs> First African-American to play in the MLB. I, I could have got that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could have done like a trivia <laughs> on it, but... um. Yeah, did you not know uh, that about? You should know that about Jackie Robinson. What, if you what's don't. this weird card? What, who is this guy? <laughs> uh, one thing that was cool being down on the uh, field for the um, Cardinal game, uh, or down on the down on the field for the Cardinal Care Five K, yeah. they added this year. Uh, you know, they have the wall of retired numbers mm-hmm. and, and like the images. They added uh, Jackie Robinson. Uh, oh yeah, into that. That's uh, awesome. It's really cool. It really yeah. sticks out. It's in black and white. You know, it's a Dodger uniform and everything. It really right. sticks out. Uh, but it's it's great. You know, I, I yeah. love it. That's cool. Uh, sh- Jackie should be talked about more and more. He's yeah, was the man. Yeah. Um, just a few more. No, this is a hard one. Da-dum. Max Scherzer. Oh, my dude, Mad Max, <laughs> yes. starting pitcher, New York Mets, and my dad. <laughs> Two different colored eyes. <laughs> Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes is a relief pitcher. I don't think he's quite the closer for the Bosox. That is correct. Yeah, he he is. Uh, they've been doing kind of a committee thing. Yeah. Um, but he has served as the closer more often than not for them. For Will he now, travel so. to Toronto? Will he not? We don't know. We shall find mm. out soon. Uh, Alex Wells. Ooh, Alex Wells. Ooh, yeah, I am pretty sure that he is also a starting pitcher. Where does he play? Uh, I don't know the answer, so I'm going to say the Pirates. Close. The Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I knew it was some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Baseball America assessed Alex's control as the best in the Orioles system leading into or heading into 2021. The Australian Southpaw had been oh. an all-star at four levels of the farm. 
averaging just 1.4 walks per nine innings during the climb. On June 26, Wells debuted with two scoreless innings against Toronto, and then picked up his first win in relief three days later. Australian. Boy. Rise of lights. <laughs> it really seem like they're trying to avoid the bad part of his pitching profile there. Yeah. He's really good at controlling. Hey, he doesn't walk a guy. That's valuable. That is and good. last one, Corey Kluber. Klubot, uh, I believe, well, he's definitely a starting pitcher, and I am 99% sure he is a Tampa Bay Ray this Correct. year. On the on the card, he is a New York Yankee. Who yeah. Had, he barely pitched for last year. He threw a no-hitter, right? I guess you're right. He squeaked out a no-hitter and then got hurt and then pretty yeah. much did nothing. Yeah. Well, that'll conclude this week's. Uh, I'm average chart. at this. <laughs> yeah, that one was better. Well, at yeah. least there was there was last pack was like all superstars and yeah, like two yeah. guys. This had a better range of mid level players, you know. So apparently, I need to go and learn the Baltimore Orioles entire <laughs> organization better because I just cannot get them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you get like Cedric Mullins or Trey Mancini, like who are you knowing on Baltimore anyway? Uh, And and like even, you know, I I flip around. I watch a lot of games. And and if a team I'm interested in is playing the Orioles, I I don't even flip it on because it's just so boring. They're not fun to watch. But yeah, you know, those are my excuses. I'll I'll be fine. I'll survive. (laughs) Well, uh, I think what we need to decide um, next time we play this game, I think there should be a point threshold that you have to surpass or you get eaten by the card shark. I think that's smart. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think this game, that might be the smartest it, thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> There's my skill. Yeah. Yay. There you go. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Do you think you got eaten by the card shark in this game? I, it didn't feel good. So I'll say, yeah, he at least gets yeah. an arm. Yeah. You got it. The the car truck had at least a meal off yeah, of you today. For sure. Okay. Uh, well, we'll continue to refine this, um, but that'll conclude this uh, episode of, or this version of Card Shark, and also this episode of Talking About Birds. Thank you again, everybody, for your time and for listening. We appreciate you, uh, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, go cards. Jordan Hicks is an ace. snake you're a snake i'm a snake i'm a slithery little snake <laughs> it's my vocal like, warm-up our snake our snakes oh okay i'm a I, snake i you said you asked am i ready i said yes and you said i'm a slippery little snake <laughs> <laughs>